Hello, and welcome to ProCon. I'm Olivia Shramkowski. I'm a new addition to the ProCon team, and I can't wait to share with you who our interviewee is today. Nina Tarabi is a pre-med student at Georgia State University and the state director for March for Our Lives Georgia. As state director, it is her job to lead Georgia's activists in the fight for a more peaceful state. Under her leadership, they've introduced a comprehensive peace plan modeled after the National Peace Plan for a Safer America, pledged over 15,000 voters, and drove over 5,000 calls to supporters in 35 minutes. As state director, her job, more than anything else, is to be able to provide for the activists and organizers in the movement a listening ear and encouraging support for any and everything they hope to achieve. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Nina. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. So our first question for you today is what prompted you to really join March for Our Lives, and when did you join? Um, well, I'm pretty sure that everybody remembers the uh, Parkland incident in 2018, which really kick-started March. And um, I remember being a senior in high school and hearing about this, and I was like, well, I would love to get involved because in our community there has been a lot of gun violence, and I felt like this was uh, an amazing way to move forward and um, try to fix the epidemic that is gun violence in America today. Yes, and as the state director, what are your goals for Georgia in the upcoming year, and how do you plan on achieving them? Well, we all know that Georgia is a swing state. It's one of the states that is going to be the key in the 2020 election. So as um, a total part of March, our goal is to have a high uh high youth voter turnout because that is who is going to drive the nation forward and to do that we hope to pledge more people hope to get more people registered and have them informed about their local elections but the work doesn't end once november is over there's always work to do there's always going to be injustices whether it be the black lives matter movement or the feminist movement or anything that's in the world it's all a part of a bigger problem like gun violence is not a standalone issue but it is part of a bigger issue that plagues america so it's always about finding new team members finding more activists out there and connecting with them and see what ideas they have yes and then as i mentioned in your bio you are a pre-med student do you find any interesting overlaps between advocacy and medicine yes so well as you all know we are in a very strange time of a pandemic and a quarantine well when this started i was you know traveling trying because i'm a scribe right now and um and i'm part of a rapid response scribe team and we went to new orleans and to new york and to try to kind of um help them in getting themselves back on their feet and what i realized is i worked in a clinic in maryland and it was a very low income clinic. It was mostly for undocumented immigrants and people that only relied on Medicare and Medicaid. And once I went there, um, we didn't have gloves. You know, we didn't have any hand sanitizer, no hand soap. People made gloves out of um, paper ta- paper towels or like you had to air dry your mask because you didn't have any. And it's just the fact that there's so much interlap and there's so much like um, the socioeconomic economic status relies so heavily on the medicine and it just kind of um it's like a black hole basically and everything is kind of interlocked Mm. you mentioned the black lives matter movement what has the march for our lives georgia done in response to the death of george floyd and the senseless and forceful killings of african americans by the police 
Well, first, we're out here with all of our Black-led organizers, and we're out here protesting, and we're um, lending a hand and lending in support, because this is not a fight of, like, one movement. This is, everyone needs to come together. But other than that, a March-driven focus has been, um, Georgia has had, um, Georgia has 12,000 people in our system right now that we can reach out to at any given moment. And um, you mentioned in my bio uh, last Thursday, we drove 5,700 calls to supporters in um, to get them to understand this hate crime bill in under 35 minutes. And every day we have been holding phone banks to get the information out, to get them connected to local grassroots Black, Black Lives Black Lives Matter movement, because that's what important is. Yeah, we can help all we want, like, what, 10 people, 12 people, but it's about our supporters out there, and they they enjoy it. They they are here for us to get this movement to achieve its goal. Yeah, wow, that's so well said. Uh, another question for you. Do you think voting impacts the Black Lives Matter movement? Yes, definitely. Well, um, Tuesday was our election, as you may know, and to keep it short, it was a disaster. Um, that's like to say the least, if I uh, tap into my internal rage right now, that is building up slowly inside of me. Um, I have had people say like, oh, um, the biggest districts, the most uh, heavily black communities didn't have a single working machine till 12 o'clock. Um, the voter suppression and the voter fraud in Georgia is so disgusting it's worse than third world countries and i feel like this the more vote you get out there and you stay persistent and you keep going and you realize that your vote does matter because they will try to silence the movement no matter what they're going to try it in the news they're going to try it on social media and more importantly they're going to try it at the polls so that just wow tuesday was a test of all tests basically yeah, I definitely learned a lot from the voter suppression that occurred on Tuesday. And on that note, uh, what have you learned from the death of George Floyd? And what has that driven you and March for Our Lives to do in response? Well, we have learned, uh, I don't think we've learned it, but it has shed a bigger light and kind of driven our focus to the fact that no matter what you say, no matter you say that it's been 60 years since the civil rights movement, or it's been 300 years since um, uh, slavery was, you know, emancipated, whatever, that in America, there is no equality. And whether it be between um, races, whether it be between genders, whether it be between socioeconomic status, the disparity between two groups is so much. And I feel like that has like really driven our focus to say, how can we attain peace if there is no love? How can we, because that's the main goal, right? To have peace in Georgia, have peace in America. But how can we attain that if there isn't equality? How can you get peace for one group of people, but not even focus? Because if you say, well, martial lives works for gun violence. Well, police violence is gun violence, and it's not different. It's not separate, and they're the same thing. So it kind of feeds into our mission, and that's just it. We have to focus on equality, and no justice, no peace. I stand by that 100%. Yeah, that ties right into our next question. What do you think Georgia's biggest problem and obstacle is when it comes to achieving equity for people of all races, and how do you plan on surpassing this obstacle? Well, 
like we said, voter suppression is a big thing that is one of their biggest ways of um, trying to suppress black voices, people like people of color voices, all these voices. But also, I feel like it's by the legislation that was passed. Now, for the past three years, HB 426, the hate crime bill, has been in the Senate for three years. And one person, a white supremacist by the name of Jesse Stone, he's from Augusta, Georgia. I hate it that I'm from there, but he's from Augusta, Georgia, and he has been blocking this bill. Now, please tell me what in your mind says that you don't like, you can't pass a hate crime bill. It has nothing to do with funding. It has nothing to do with anything. It basically says that if you act because of someone's race, because of someone's genders, because of someone's um, sexuality, you will get a higher uh, sentence. And it's crazy because Georgia is one of the only four states that doesn't have a hate crime bill. Or if, um, like the over-policing or the overfunding to the police. Uh, I don't understand why uh, Atlanta has like a such a high police funding, like 70% of the funds go to Atlanta police while there are kids in school that can't even have a proper nutritious meal. And I feel like planning like to surpass this obstacle would be more of getting the voters out there, getting the information out there. Because me and you, like, yeah, we're in, we're activists, we're involved, so we know this stuff. But how many people can you go up to on the street and be like, hey, do you know about HB 426? Or do you know about the hate crime bill? No one is going to know that because that is not common knowledge to informing these people out there and in our world social media is such a big impact and so many young people are on these platforms getting the word out there um encouraging them to vote encouraging them to take a voice and encourage and telling them that their voice matters no matter how big your platform is or how small your platform is it matters and just to kind of have a um a group of people not like one person can do it all but kind of encourage everyone to take part and that's why i believe the black lives matter movement is going to bring us all together because that's what it's doing it's no matter your race no matter your gender your sexuality you're coming together and that's what we need to do to kind of eradicate this mess that's an excellent point you touched on the hate crimes bill and that goes right into my next question what would you like to see lawmakers do to address the issues and in georgia and in the united states well, first, I would uh, love for them to pass HB 426, the hate crime bill. I don't think that is a, you know, why should it be such a big deal of passing this? It shouldn't even be a question, right? Second, I want to see the stand your ground bill repealed. That, that should not be going through at all. Third, um, on a national level, the demilitarization of police. Right now, if you walk outside of my apartment building right now, you'll see the National Guard standing outside like we're in freaking Afghanistan. And that is not, how can they have all this right here, but doctors who need PPE can't even afford it. It takes $5 to dress a doctor, but 500 to dress one riot cop. And you don't have that. So the demilitarization of police is a big thing. And um, if I could take the chance to call out um, the anti-lynching bill. Uh, I, there is one man who is blocking this anti-lynching bill, and I don't understand. What is the problem with it? Like, that's my thing with the, anti, um, the hate crime bill. What is the, uh, uh, like, where's the question? Where's the disconnect coming? Like, what part of that bill do you not understand that you need to pass? Like, where is the controversy in that? Like, I don't understand. So those four, I would really love to see. And overall, a equality in voting. People somewhere it took five minutes to vote, and I have had people tell me that it took them 11 hours to vote on Tuesday. 
coming off of a 13-hour shift standing until 3 o'clock at night, I would love that issue to be addressed because that is what's needed. It's the basis of our democracy. I totally agree. And my last question for you today is if you were addressing our nation during this time, what would you say? I would say... Listen, it's a tough time. We're all going through it, um, whether it be the coronavirus, the economic disparities, the 45 million people unemployed today. But keep going. As a nation, we are stronger together. Um, there are many people out there that are trying to rip us apart, that are trying to drive a wedge between us. And I feel like we all know who I'm talking about at this point, but we, there are people who are trying trying to drive a wedge between us. But at the end of the day, if we stand there and we say we're Americans, then we need to come together and realize that we all matter, that we all have a voice. And it's stay together, um, check up on each other. And we're going to come throughout, we're going to come to the other side stronger than this, but only if we have each other to fall back on. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast and continuing to work for equity and justice in Georgia. ProCon wishes you and March for Our Lives luck on all your future endeavors. Thank you so much. Thank you. That ends our show for today. Thank you for joining ProCon and stay tuned for more episodes on politics, debate, and various other current issues.